Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sitting across from a rapper. I'd love it if you could introduce yourself. My name is Cadence Weapon from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. But I live in Toronto now. But we're in Vancouver. We are in an Airbnb. Yeah, like, you know, I'm posted up in kind of a swanky Airbnb for Juno weekend. Many people are going to be listening to this all around the world, and they're going to have no idea what Junos is. I think there's a lot of people in Canada who don't know what Junos are. Fair. But yeah, it's our equivalent to the Grammys. <laughs> I guess it's equivalent, right? But yeah, it's our award ceremony for music. Are you here to participate in the actual ceremonies? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of Juno Fest, so I'm going to be playing some shows around the award ceremony. Um, I'm playing a show with Maestro Fresh Wes, who, if you're unaware and you're not from Canada, he's kind of the godfather of Canadian rap. He's essentially our Rakim. Because each year the Junos are in a different city, there's often a festival where a whole bunch of music acts play a whole bunch of concert venues. So this weekend is a very busy weekend. We'll both be, no doubt, going to many different shows and seeing many different amazing Canadian acts. Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I know Weaves are playing tonight. Um, Who are Weaves and why are they amazing? Weaves are a band from Toronto, and they are led by a woman named Jasmine Burke, who coincidentally has the same birthday as me. And uh, she is an amazing female black singer who just, like, shreds. And their their band is kind of like angular, kind of weird art rock. And uh, they're a really cool band. They're one of the most exciting bands in Canada, I think. So as you might be able to tell, this episode of the show is going to be very Canadian. But we're here to talk about you, Cadence Weapon. So I was doing some research Mm -hmm. about you before I came here today, and I found out that you are an ordained minister. (laughs) That is true, yeah. Um, I became an ordained minister to marry my friends to each other in America. Um, My friends Jessica and and, um, uh, Levi. And uh, that was in L.A. in Topanga Canyon. It was absolutely beautiful. And one of my songs on my album is kind of uh, inspired by this experience because I was admiring the view of where the wedding was. And I was like, okay, I got to get this for the gram, obviously, because if you don't gram it, it didn't happen. And I'm doing kind of a panoramic view of the location, and I start sliding down uh, the mountain I'm on. You know, and I, I catch a rock with my hand, and I'm like, oh, could have slid really far down. And I was just thinking about, like, wow, I almost, like, fell down a bunch of stories trying to post something to my story, you know? And that that formed a m- metaphor for me for the song Infinity Pool on my, my new album. Well, I was going to play a song, and that song was going to be My Crew Woo, but I will let you choose. We can either play My Crew Woo or the song you were just talking about. Well, I think it makes more sense. Just let's play Infinity Pool. Because you are the host today, Cadence Weapon, and we came to your Airbnb to do this interview, I brought a beer, so let's have a cheers. And then, hear the song. Sedative in me for negative energy, all my amenities cool. No more rigidity, need my serenity, live in infinity pool. Secret identity, who? No, I don't think you should know. Said that she's knowing my face like memory foam, all in my pillow at home. I said, nice to know you, no crossing the border, she's sweeter than cinnamon, girl. Been in Topanga, I hosted a wedding, I fell off a cliff taking selfies. Nearly fell down some stories for my story, recorded some shit that ain't important. 
All of these flights are remaining in orbit And all of the prices stay exorbitant Returning for tour, I'm treating this shit like it's war Settling the scores, rental van look like a tank I'm out here going for broke, used to be poor Now I spend cash on couture, happily breaking the bank Jack at Azure, cop that thing back at the store Don't know what this shit is for Isn't productive, I'm waiting for something I'm going right out of my mind Copping some shit to define What I've been hoping to find Scared that there ain't nothing there Buyer beware, hoping my car gets declined Used to go walking for miles Now I catch rides from some guy Trying to provide, hoping his family alright Play with my phone in the quiet The food just arrived, the tour incomplete When we get finished, I'm pressing delete Play on repeat, feeling swept up in the stream Hoping to get some relief This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Infinity Pool off the record Cadence Weapon by a guy called Cadence Weapon. I would love it if you could tell me more about this track. Yeah, so Infinity Pool is produced and features an artist named KCMQ. He's from Brampton, and he's one of my favorite young artists in Canada. Um, I think he's going to be really popular. I think he's going to do really well. He's very eclectic in the music that he makes. He, he can make like almost like Jersey House kind of music. He can make, you know, ballads and stuff. He makes like some ambient music. Like he, he's just a very diverse guy. And he's, he's really got an amazing attitude for making music. He's like very, very positive and like a hardworking person and the kind of person that like I gravitate to. Fourth record is your self-titled record. And this record you've also been calling your creative rebirth or your reintroduction. Mm-hmm. I'd love you to tell me more. Yeah, so that was the reason why I made it self-titled is, you know, I wanted to be like, you know, it, it felt like a new beginning. And I've always loved it when, when you see an established artist and they put out, you know, self-titled album later in their career. It's like kind of money. For some reason, I think it's kind of dope. 
And so I always wanted to do that. And really, this felt like the perfect time. And it also felt like this album is super autobiographical and it feels like very personal. And it also is, I think the album, since my first album, is the album that I, I most got it to sound the way that I wanted it originally in my head. You know, direct, that's, I think, the ultimate goal of a musician is to translate your idea that's in your mind and get it out there in the real world, like, as close to what's in your mind as possible. I think once you get to that point, you, you've officially, like, entered, like, <laughs> like, the Scientology level, like, eight <laughs> of music. You know, you're just like, wow, I can actually make music sound like what it sounds like in my head. Took me years to get to doing that, so... Congratulations on that. I'm happy to hear it because while I was doing my research today, I read that before making this record, you were thinking about leaving music and Cadence Weapon behind, but Montreal, nightlife, DJing, and a social circle brought you back. Yeah, I mean, like, in a way, it was kind of like a lot of those things, too, kind of wore on me a little bit, and I just came, became so focused on, like, DJing. I was DJing, like, 20 times a month in Montreal, and, you know, I was running all these events, you know, I, I was like a promoter. I was, you know, throwing this uh, monthly poetry event called At Street Level. And, you know, I published a book of poetry with Metatron called uh, Magnetic Days. And I was just like kind of just veering in all these different directions. But, um, yeah, briefly, um, I had a existential crisis and uh, was thinking I wasn't going to like totally quit music, but I was thinking I'm going to change my name and just be Roly. Briefly, I was just, you know, no more Cadence Weapon. I felt like there was, like, baggage with the old name because of, like, you know, mainly because of some of the label situations I was in before and, like, people I used to work with. And, like, I had, like, this, in my mind, I had this, like, negative stigma with the name. But luckily, I got over that, and a lot of people reminded me, and they were just like, no, like, being around for a while is actually good. You know, it's like a lot of people, new artists today, they would love to have a name that people, like, resonate with or like remember or like can visually they're like oh yeah that looks familiar like there's so many new artists in the world so many people making music any kind of edge you have in that like why would you put get rid of it so i think that it's time to play another track how about we play my crew now would you like to say a sentence about it before we hear it absolutely yeah my crew is probably probably my favorite song on the album it's really just a culmination of my experience in montreal you know it's really i wanted to make a song that felt like my montreal the montreal that i shared with my friends and that's what the song's about my crew is about my friends and i wanted to just make a song that if we were at like a you know just a mysterious after party in a big loft you know and it was just going until like eight in the morning and what's the song they play you know at 7 a.m you know, that people, like, are still, like, lit, like, still ready to party. You know, I wanted to make that song. You know, I wanted to make, like, a total banger. And, you know, I happened to be able to make it with one of the biggest producers in not just Montreal, but now, like, the world with Kate Tronada. This goes out to all my Milan friends and my podcast connects. All the kids in Little Italy, the punks in St. Henry, Plateau Bros and the crew in the D's. Cause you know when I do it, you know I do it. Made some moves with my music, you got a couple degrees Might see me using maneuvers, I got a few on my sleeve Become so fluent and ruthless, so underground in the sewer Like DOS effects with my set, my sound progression is proven You think it's all an illusion, must be the booze you can 
consuming Talking shit with your clip But when all alone is confusion Acting like beefcake brutus When typing on your computer Give you losers a bruising Until you need a transfusion My niggas don't run when it pop off Might rock camo when the cops stop Might cop a Lambo with a drop top Make your jaw drop White hoe with a crop top Better make light smoke with your pot chops And the hot spots fall off Nigga not that Want me to stay poor Nigga stop that Better fall back Cause the toe wearing all black Up, I need a Benz or better. Tinted window seats filled with leather. Send it in some secret lifters. Pepper got a crew bad bitches like this from Sellers. So I'm rolly, homie, my wrist smell. Got a meat strap and a fish vessel. When he drops, above 60 levels. Don't read bots, my kick special. Y3 stack to the south. Clean cocks, my bitch dumb. I'm a green monster when I get jet. Squeal off when I hit the pep. Steve Pop wheels kicking pebbles like Rule Baby. Who doesn't bet? Yeah, nobody running slow to lobby. I'm rolling off and then the lobby loaded. So confident, got a dose sponsor. Help me go walk till I'm overdosing like. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track, My Crew, off the record, Cadence Weapon, by Cadence Weapon. How about you just say a sentence about it now? It's funny. The, the way that I ended up making this is really organic, and it's, it's really reflective of how I made this whole album. It all comes from my life, which is really exciting. Like I used to make all my records myself. I used to produce all the records. I used to do everything on them. And now, on this album, I really wanted to have collaboration. I wanted to work with different producers. I wanted to have different featured artists, different people doing choruses. And in the case of this song, you know, I ended up just DJing a party with K. Trinata back in, like, a few years ago. And it was before he had put out a lot of music. I saw his set, and I was like, wow, every song is banging. So crazy. And um, I asked him afterwards. I was like, man, what were you playing? And he's like, I made that. You know, and I was like, okay, we got to work together. You know, so he sent me all these beats. Actually, before I picked that one, I picked a different beat, and he was like, "No, somebody has dibs on it already." And it turned out it was Anderson Pack, and it was uh, for "Glowed Up." You know, so in an alternate reality, that could have been my beat. But I ended up picking the other beat, and the rest is history. So for this record, you tried a lot of collaborations, which is new for you. Collaboration is a learned skill, so I'd love you to tell me a bit about building up those chops. Exactly. I mean, 
initially um, in my career, I had problems collaborating with people because I felt like I couldn't really trust them to, you know, protect my vision. You know, like I always felt like people didn't understand what I was trying to do or they didn't really have the same musical vocabulary to really like bring it to the end point that I needed it to. You know, so I, I generally just didn't have a lot of trust in other musicians that I would work with, right? So I think the big thing was just like coming out of a process where I made my last album in 2012 that was like heavily, uh, took a really long time to make and was like really exhausting and I have like kind of almost like a melancholy feeling about it when I think about the process of making it. I wanted to have something that felt fun. You know, like I wanted to have fun making the album. I wanted it to be like come easily and I wanted it to flow. And, you know, I, I just started, you know, you know, I would meet people and they'd be like, yeah, I make beats. It's like, let's make a song. It doesn't matter who it was, right? There's one guy on this album. He got two songs on this album. His name's Gibbs. And uh, I'd never heard of him before and nobody had really heard of him. He's from Oshawa, Ontario. And um, I got connected to him through people at my record label and... We ended up hitting it off so much. We recorded like 20 songs. You know, we, we recorded pretty much a whole album ourselves. You know, he produced the, the Connor McDavid track too, and um, along with me. And um, yeah, it's just funny, like from just taking a chance on an unknown producer that I'd never met, it became this thing where we met up and we'd start producing stuff together. And, and, and it, that really got me juiced up to like work with other people. Because I was like, oh, it's like I can trust people, even if I, you don't know them. It's like, yeah, it's people are generally trying to make something cool, you know. So I think, I think it was like a really like amazing process for me. So I think it's time to play another song. Why don't we play one of the tracks you did with Gibbs? Yeah, sure. Let's play um, Soju. Yeah. Now every time I roll through, I'm sipping slow with my whole crew Doing everything to make it fast like we're supposed to Kill it every time we in the lab, man, that's old news Thinking about the obstacles we passed that we broke through Chilling in the crib, drinking soju Don't know how it is, let me show you Get it out, we live, we don't owe you Tell the whole truth, no, we won't Trying to win like it's road rules Used to drink gallons of the tread That was old school Used to keep a bottle in my bag When I come through Now I feel patient Drink it just to taste it Don't drink it till get wasted Different conversations In my liquor cabinet Got good at conservation Back in Montreal I got high like constellations Now I keep it low When I'm on St. Low Used to play every day Right now I'm feeling grown I was getting blazed, you could call me Rolling Stones Sleeping in a snowbank, almost didn't make it home Had to change my path on my own Now every time I roll through, I'm sipping slow With my whole crew, doing everything to make it fast Like we're supposed to, kill it every time we in the lab Man, it's old news, thinking about the obstacles We passed that we broke through Chilling in the crib, drinking soju Was 
toxic vocal Hated being seen, now I'm feeling boastful Living out my dreams, lately I've been bi-coastal Getting paid to speak, pretty good for a heathen And a philistine, nah, ain't shit here sweet Ain't no grenadine when I'm with my squad I stay balling like I'm in the league Liquor had me falling, crawling like a centipede I had to get smarter yeah. Now every time I roll through, I'm sipping slow with my whole crew Doing everything to make it fast like we're supposed to Kill it every time we in the lab, man, that's old news Thinking about the obstacles we passed that we broke through Chilling in the crib, drinking soju Don't know how it is, let me show Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Soju off the fourth record by Cadence Weapon. You chose this track for us to hear. How about you tell us a little bit more about it? So Soju is, um, I think, conceptually one of my favorite songs on this album because I'm talking about uh, drinking responsibly, you know, and the idea of like with rap, there's so much nihilism. There's this whole idea of like, it's like, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, YOLO, right? That was like such a big thing. You, you only live once, so like, let's fucking fuck shit up, you know? And I don't feel that way, you know? And it's like, I, I've always felt like at at odds with like the way that like rap has been portrayed, like this kind of like, let's do as much Xanax as possible and like, let's just die. Like, I don't want to die. That's the thing, you know? Like, I want to live a nice long life, you know? Maybe that's like not as cool as, you know, being James Dean or whatever, but fuck it, I'm going to be here to, like, be the next Quincy Jones. Like, that's what I want my future to be, you know? So that that's what that song is about, but it's also specifically influenced by this experience I had where I was in L.A. Yeah, it was when I was doing the wedding, actually, same trip, and uh, I linked up with Owen Pallet, and uh, we just, like, hung out, went for dinner with a bunch of his friends. For those who don't know, who is Owen Pallet? Owen Pallet, he used to make music under the name Final Fantasy, and he is a good friend of mine, and he... I would say he's arguably one of the most talented musicians in the world. He's he's a violin player and singer-songwriter kind of artist, and um, he's a member of Arcade Fire. He was nominated for an Oscar for uh, the soundtrack for uh, Her. Uh, and, yeah, he's, like, really my, like, big bro when it comes to music. Like, he really inspires me a lot. We were both nominated for Polaris Prize, um, the first initial one uh, that he won. And it's funny, like, they tried to, like, in, in like, the press run-up to it, they tried to have this, like, adversarial. And, you know, we had, like, we were on the cover of iWeekly, kind of just, like, boxing. But, you know, that experience, I ended up making, like, a lifelong friend that I probably would have never, you know, been friends with somebody like that otherwise. You know, it's kind of funny how life is. Just to catch people up who aren't knee-deep in the Canadian music scene, the Polaris Music Prize is... The Canadian Critics Award for Best Album of the Year. So it is great and very Canadian that it ended up connecting two people who it was trying to pit against each other for this award. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and I've, I've been nominated for that twice, by the way. Just saying. Who will your next adversary be? I mean, you know, I, you know, I don't want to jinx it. I, I think this record's really good. I think it could, could make it, but... No, I, I don't see it as adversaries. You know, I see it as um, new friends to make, hopefully. Very, very Canadian of me to say that. But I, I do want to win. So I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> I like the competitive streak. So I was reading today that your grandfather played for the Edmonton Eskimos in the 50s. I love trying to get musicians to talk about topics that aren't obvious for them to talk about. So first, tell me a little bit about your grandfather. My grandfather, Roly Miles, he um, moved to Canada to play football. My entire family is from Edmonton, all because he was scouted. Um, he was playing minor league baseball initially, and he was playing a, a, you know, like a, an exhibition in Saskatoon, and he got scouted by, by a you know, scout for the Eskimos. And he was like, He's playing baseball, so they were like, hey, do you want to play football? You seem like you would be able to play it. And he was like, yeah, okay, sure. Because, you know, it was like the civil rights era kind of, and where, you know, you wanted to not be in America. It was like a good idea for him and his family. It was a, it was a bit better. So, yeah, he ended up becoming like a legend. You know, he's won three Grey Cups, you know, the equivalent to the Super Bowl. And uh, he's in the Hall of Fame of the CFL, Canadian Football League. And he, after playing football, he was a teacher, and, you know, he he was the kind of guy, him and my grandma, um, Marianne Miles, they were, like, the most notable black people in Edmonton at that period of time. So I come from, like, the family that's, like, Muhammad Ali would come to town for, like, when he was banned from boxing, you know, uh, for, for, for not going to Vietnam and stuff. He was playing, again, I don't know, he's, like, boxing against, like, a bear or something or, like, you know, some, like, weird exhibition in Edmonton. And, there, and he was like, hey, we're the black folks. And everyone would be like, yo, go meet Rolly and Marianne. You know, and there's, like, photos of them hanging out. You know, it's like Duke, Duke uh, Ellington comes to Edmonton. It's like, you got to see Rolly and Marianne. You know, that's my family. So I think that it's time to play another track. I'm going to play Destination off the current record. I'd love you to tell me a sentence about that before we hear it. Destination, yeah, I really like that song. It's um, For me, it's about this like otherworldly vacation from everyday like racism. You know, that that's like part of like why I wrote it originally is like that's the that's the destination you're searching for. I'm looking for I'm I'm searching for this destination that maybe doesn't exist. You know, it's also just like a stylistic, like just, you know, I wanted to like stunt and have fun with it and get funky. And it's a song I made with my friend Angel, um, Dear Dorian. And she used to be in Dirty Projectors. She's an amazing musician based in New York. And we met during Red Bull Music Academy in Montreal, where I was a lecture host. I was interviewing musicians like Mike Will Made It, I interviewed, and I interviewed a guy, Alex Tume, uh, who is, he records all like Young Thugs records and stuff. And um, yeah, we really hit it off there. And we had an instant like uh, astrological friend connection, you know? I don't know if you, that's ever happened to you. Where it's like, man, there's something, like, we are really getting along really great. And then we look at our, like, astrological signs. It's like, oh, we're perfectly compatible. But yeah, and we were like, we should definitely make some music. We made a song there, and then, like, we followed up and made this song. 
yeah, it was amazing to work with her, and you know, she's one of the most talented people I know, and I got nothing but respect for Dear Dorian, so Destination, this is the song. When some people see my face, all they see is race. Look at me with distaste, and they make haste. Black ace can't be replaced. When I first hit the frame, I looked out of place. Now I'm back with some new bass, trying to do some new things in a new space. I write pictures that you can't trace to imitate 4K in a soundstage. You niggas tripping like a suitcase. If you think you can rip it like how I did it, I'm different. You need to switch your position. I'm on a new wave. Like I played in your rhythm. Trying to take sweet dreams, bring them into fruition. Trying to take enemies, put them into submission. If you got equity, we could go into business. We ain't really got to speak. I just want you to listen. What I make transcendent To be specific, you're so defensive Kawhi Leonard You think it is what it is, but no, it really isn't I've been up in my fitness in case you press the issue Break you out with the quickness and take your sexual issue Benevolent, never celibate, stay relevant, I'm eloquent I can turn this verse into a testament Forever decadent, stay with the beverages It's prevalent, it's evident Growing melanin, no effortless, so ebony Stick with no gold remedy, ripping the shows regular Hitting the road heavily Yo, now look how I go Time to see what I have in store Ground with me on the dance floor Make a nigga wanna take a cab home And look how I go Back and forth and to and fro One question I ask y'all Can you give me a drink before last call? Welcome back to the interview show This is Scott Wood, your host You just heard the track Destination Off the fourth record by Cadence Weapon It's a self-titled record Do you have anything more to say about this track? I think you've said it nearly all I said a lot about it, but um, I really like the second verse in this song. It's one of my favorite verses on the album, where it's like, intuition ain't what I'm missing, my vision vivid. Hey, with women, the independent Michelle Williams. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really like, I'm like stunting. Like when I say Michelle Williams, I'm talking about Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams, not the other Michelle Williams. But she's an independent woman too, right? I mean, there's levels to this shit. But um, yeah, it's like one of my favorite verses on the album, and it was just one of those things. This album, a big thing, I really wanted to just show people how much I can rap, you know, because I feel like in my last couple albums, I kind of gave like the rapping was like on the back burner, like it was more about, you know, like I had a lot of live instruments on the last album, and it was more about my songwriting and like production and stuff, and you know, my actual lyrics, like I didn't super think about it as much, like it was more just about vibes. But this album, I, like, severely was focusing on the lyrics and really wanted to, like, show what I can do, you know. And it's, like, really unlocked something for me since then, since working on this album. I'm, like, I've been making a lot of new music, too, and it's just, like, I'm in a different zone. Like, on the flight over here, like, I, I, I five-hour flight in Toronto, I wrote this very, like, multi-layered verse that's just, like, nuts, you know? Like, it's, like... It's really funny. It's like some shit that I would never have done 
maybe five years ago, but it has the same attitude as my first shit. I have to say it's great to see your face light up because I was reading that you wrote over 80 tracks for this current record. There's nine on it. 12 on the album, yes. So you wrote 80 songs. There's 12 on the record. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. And I was looking at your discography today, and there's about a four-year break between each record. Yeah, that is true. And I don't want that to happen again. I mean, it's like, usually what will happen is like, I put out the album, I'll tour for a whole year. So that's a year off, which is normal. That's typically what happens. But then I'll start conceptualizing an album. And like, sometimes I'll get just too caught up in my own mind. Or there'll be external factors like that prevent me from making music or whatever. And then I'll just be like, uh, I kind of like, you know, it's like when you don't go to the gym you know, for a while, and then you're like, oh, I know I got to go back. But then you're like, oh, I don't want to go there, you know? And for me, that was almost like the studio, briefly, you know? I mean, it's like, it's interesting being creative. When you start thinking of it as a job, where it's like, oh, I got to clock in and, like, get into the song factory and, like, pump something out, you're not going to do anything productive. You're not going to actually make anything cool. But... The way that I'm doing it now is it's just an extension of my life. And it's just, you know, now it's becoming a thing where it's, like, habitual. Like, I have to do it. Like, I have to, you know, I, I need to record X amount of times a month, you know, to, like, feel good. So what flipped the switch? I think part of it is just living in Toronto. You know, there's just, like, the so much energy right now towards rap and so much uh, competition. And so many people just are doing big things and... It's it kind of just uh just amped me up a little bit. There's is the infrastructure for recording is really good. The industry's all there, and like I'm getting all these different opportunities to like write with people, and yeah, it's just different. And also, just I'm in a different mind state too. Like I, I think I I treat music differently than I did initially. I, I'm thinking a lot more seriously than maybe when I first was making music because I I kind of like yeah I, I came in and I had a lot of different like skills and you know i everyone was like oh this is talented this is fresh this is this new thing and i just thought like that was like good enough or something you know like i didn't have to like go harder you know something's changed because i've read in several interviews today that you were not even concerned that a record hadn't been worked on for four years and i found that bizarre for somebody who makes their living doing music to say that absolutely yeah i mean it you think back and it's like how did i like survive but i mean i don't know i'm just like a hustler i figure it out i'm very versatile like i write i do all kinds of stuff but yes i didn't i just didn't have that like kind of i'm a pisces man i'm absolutely the most like hard pisces you know like it's it's easy for me to get um lackadaisical you know you know i'm very emotional i'm very sensitive but i'm also very prone to kind of just like the status quo like i'll just like kind of like let it rock for a while, like being like complacent, you know, um, I, I have to fight that with like every, the core of my being, like, you know, uh, like I'll chill, you know, that was part of why I left Montreal was I liked it too much because it, it was an environment that really um, allowed me to be really chill. Like you didn't have to like really, you didn't have to work at all to live there. Like it wasn't super expensive to live there. And, you know, my fear was that one day I'd wake up on um, Park Jean Monts and be like, you know, white dreads, you know, holding a djembe, 
and being like, man, I used to put out records. You have just painted a horribly scary picture. <laughs> so um, while I wait for that to vanish from my head, I'm going to play another track. Let's play Don't Talk to Me off the current record. Can you give me a sentence for that song? Yeah, Don't Talk to Me. That's my, like, you know, that's the, the story of where I've been. You know, that's like, uh, I, I had to have a song that kind of explained where I've been the past few years. And it's a very Toronto song. It's produced by Francis Godheat, who's a really hot Toronto producer. And yeah, it's like when I say don't talk to me, it's not like I want to be like antisocial. It's more like nowadays I don't want to like talk unless it's productive. I don't like this thing where people come up and they're like, yo, let's build, let's build. It's like you don't mean it. You don't mean it. It's total bullshit. You know, you, know, you don't want to actually build. This is just like lip service. So it's like that kind of thing. Don't talk to me unless you actually like mean it, you know? All right, well, let's listen to the track. When we come back, I'm going to ask you how you deal with those conversations. When I'm on, niggas about to see the type of shit I'm on. Got phones in my face when I sing my song. Got to know when to say that it's been too long. First came through, now everything different. Back then I had a shot, now a nigga had to pivot. Don't you fool, stop blocking me. Ain't making moves, don't talk to me. This ain't back in the days now. Used to go another way, now I'm on another wave now. When the first album came out, saw me in the videos, used to think a nigga strange now. Now I got my own lane now. Used to stay in Ed mode till a nigga took a plane out. Still got love, but I had to make my way out. Signing on the dotted line, I couldn't really break out. That is when I moved into the six. Showed up and I wasn't on the list. No endorsements, no sponsorships. I ain't even have a part to piss. Then it started really making sense. Had to flip it, had to make a switch. Realizing that I had a gift, couldn't let it drift. They think they're gonna fake it till they get through They're really gonna hate it when you do you They think they're gonna make it so you can't take control They wanna break, they hope it breaks you They think they're gonna fake it till they get through They're really gonna hate it when you do you They think they're gonna make it so you can't take control They wanna break, they hope it breaks you too When I'm on, niggas about to see the type of shit I'm on Got phones in my face when I sing my song Gotta know when to say that it's been too long First came through, now everything different Back then I had a shot, now a nigga had to pivot Don't you fool, stop blocking me Ain't making moves, don't talk to me So I'm back in the mix now Lost a little dead weight, made a few good friends now Yeah, I got my own shit now Used to split the whole pot till I couldn't pay rent, wow Now I'm trying to get rich now Flipping on the rhythm like a nigga did a dismount Montreal left the city with a boss bitch now No more messing with the women in the mile in now Had to hustle, had to make a shift I was humble, waiting on a bench No more stumbles, no more getting tripped Wasn't scared, I had to take some risks I just wanna make a couple hits I ain't really wanted none of this Women jocking, niggas talking shit Make me wanna flip They think they're gonna fake it till they get through They really gonna hate it when you do you They think they're gonna make it so you can't take control They wanna break, they hope it breaks you They think they're gonna fake it till they get through They really gonna hate it when you do you They think they're gonna make it so you can't take control They wanna break, they hope it breaks you too When I'm on Niggas about to see the type of shit I'm on Got phones in my face when I sing my song Gotta know when to say that it's been too long First came through, now everything different Back then I had a shot, now a nigga had to pivot 
Don't you fool, stop blocking me. Ain't making moves, don't talk to me. Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Don't Talk to Me by Cadence Weapon off his self titled reintroduction. So, we heard the song. Now it's time for you to tell me when you're talking to people in the music industry and it's clear that they're just talkers. How do you get out of that conversation and be productive? Well, the idea is, you know, if you identify those people, you can make the conversation as short as possible and keep it positive on your end, but then you know who to avoid. You know, so that's something that I've, that's the most important thing is like there's so many people out there who are like energy vampires. You know, like who just like actually want to take all your vibes away and be like selfish with your time and stuff. Like there's even like when you have friends too, like where they they don't they're not they don't want you to actually like be productive. They want you to be like on the couch playing NBA 2K with them. They don't actually want you to like be doing good cuz they're not doing good. And it's like you can't I don't want to have friends like that anymore, you know? So that was like kind of that was that was kind of the mission statement with like don't talk to me. It's like it's almost like a, a mantra for myself. In 2015, you started a residency at the Toronto Internet Radio Station TRP. So, I wanted to ask you about streaming and 2018 and where we are and content curation, all that stuff. It's very interesting, man. I mean, you know, it's funny to see how the music industry is now versus when it was when I put out my last album because that was 2012. And that's not even like really that long ago, but it's And that record was called Hope and Dirt City. Hope and Dirt City, right. And it, it that wasn't really that long ago if you like look at like years, but in like technology years, it's like a totally different generation. Like Spotify wasn't popping back then. You know, my album, like, it wasn't like, yo, you got to get this on Spotify and get it on these playlists. Like, nobody was even talking about that. So that's, like, a totally new thing for me, you know, just, like, thinking about having to navigate um, that new world. I think it's kind of cool. I think it, um, obviously, it has changed the way people make music because now people are less likely to make albums and they want to make singles that will just end up in a playlist and, like, you can just live off of one song, right? So... What's your incentive to make, like, a cohesive album? Not much. But I don't know. I feel like it also, for me, like, it's allowed me to listen to more music than I ever have in my life. Because I, I kind of use it as, like, a clearinghouse where I like, oh, what are the new releases this week? I'll listen to every rap album that comes out. And I'll be like, okay, this is actually what was good. Or it's like, oh, cool. I like one song from this. I would have never even listened to this album. You know? It's so, like I'm getting more music that I like through this process. So... You've just described an environment where an artist can put out a song and live off that song. You're a guy who's pushing an album right now. Absolutely, yeah. And I think there's room for both. That's the cool thing about it is it's like you can have some albums that just sit there and people like, you know, get in there and they're like, yeah, like I love this. I listen to it all the time. And it's like for people who are like an album-oriented listener. And then like I can put out a single in like a month and it's unrelated to the album and it's like not weird. Like it doesn't like contradict what I did previously so it really has inspired me to like just like work work harder and just like push out more records and just like try and make as much stuff as possible and just see where it fits you know and it's like I don't feel like any pressure with it it's actually really exciting because you never know what's going to like connect with people you know until you try so I've been trying a bunch of different things and working with different kinds of people and I'm optimistic about the results you know if you are the guy who runs rap caviar playlist like you're one of the most powerful people in the music industry and that's like 
somebody who was just really good at mixtapes being like really in charge of music now. It's kind of funny. But it does make sense too because this is like the world we're living in. Like people just they're like give me like the good songs and like I don't have time. You know? So I I don't know. I think it's it's going to turn into another thing. Like it's been happening so quickly. Like there's going to be another thing after this that we don't even know what it is. It might even be like we don't even pick the songs and they are randomized based on like like they have like kind of algorithms already and they try and do it but in my opinion they're not good enough um cuz i i'm a voracious music listener i listen to so much stuff and i feel like there's been some times where they've like hit me with some stuff that i didn't know and i was like yes but it's very rare very rare that they actually like have been able to create an accurate music profile for me so i think getting more specific um, into curating for individual people, that will be like the, the wave of the future. And there'll be something that does that in a way that also retains the quality of the music because I find a lot of like listening to some of these streaming services, the music um, volume is not what was intended. The quality of it is like, you know, varies from whether you want to pay more or less. Like that's not what music's about. It's not supposed to be, you know... You can't be priced out of, like, hearing the music the way it was intended. I don't like that. Cadence Weapon, thank you very much for spending some time with me this evening. I appreciate it. At the end of the show, I love the guests to curate or pick one of their songs for us to hear. Okay, well, in that case, I think I'm going to do High Rise because I think that is the one that is most, like, special to me. I think it's very relevant to the way that we all live. And I know it's weird. Like, I've been, I was just at South by Southwest, and I was playing the song, and some of the reviews of the shows. There's a dog in the hallway. Oh, someone's coming in. No. You're going to blow my cover, man. <laughs> what What are you saying? Yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't know what's going on out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was playing this song, High Rise, at South by Southwest, and people were kind of perceiving it as being... Like, oh, man, this is the funniest rap I've ever heard. He's talking about condos. It's, like, so weird or something. And it's, like, I'm serious. This song's really serious to me. I'm, like, dead serious. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be sarcastic. It's supposed to be, like, kind of darkly comic, you know. But, like, I saw it as being more like a like a David Byrne kind of, like, talking heads, death to the yuppies kind of track, you know. And I, I feel like it's one of the songs that was, like, the, the most clearly realized on the album. It's produced by Jacques Green who is uh, one of my best buddies, and um, he produced this song and the host on the album. People might know Jack Green as well because... He is a world-class techno DJ and producer. He remixed Radiohead and like all these people. He's just out of Montreal booming. But um, yeah, we uh, really caught a vibe on this, and it's just a song about... It's from my perspective of living in Toronto, me and my girlfriend trying to find a place to live, and being just horrendously priced out or the competition for people trying to find a place. It was just like you go to an open house and it's like 200 people there, you know? And it's just like, wow, this is really makes it feel like I can't even like live here, you know? And that's like, I think a lot of people feel that way. So, you know, I remember that there was one specific day where I was just at my lowest point about it. I was like, man, are, are we going to have to just like, move into, like, a, a condo or, like, one of those, like, giant apartments with, like, lots of people in it. We didn't have to in the end, but that was, like, what stemmed the song, basically. 
is like that that moment of like desperation. I was like, okay, like let me write a song from the perspective of the guy who's trying to fuck me over. You know, that's the idea. Caden's weapon. Thank you very much for being on my show. Thanks for the beer. City life has got you down, and all day you search around. Get on your feet and off the ground. Let's move into a high rise. City life can drive you mad. I've seen it happen. It's so sad. Just log out, stop checking ads, and move into a high rise. Swimming pools all in our suite Beats the view on College Street Who needs the shops and schools Not you and me or me and you Baby girl, you know it's true We're moving to a high rise Moving to a high rise Weapon, and you are listening to the interview show with Scott Wood.